0: I've got a great group of guys around me, and we're, it's going to take us all coming together. And, you know, we did that last year. Obviously, Tremont was the head of the snake last year. But, you know, again, we have a really talented group. And, you uh, know, it's just about amalgamating and figuring that out. Wait, wait, First wait, time, whoa, 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 first time what was that word's ever been Say that again. I don't amalgamating. Even. amalgamating. <laughs> that coming, coming together? together? Coming together. Yeah, spell
1: it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to... Season 2 of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. Thrilled to be with you today for another season of LSU basketball as the Tigers get ready for the 2019-2020 season. Just 22 days away from tip-off, LSU opening the season at home against Bowling Green. They do have an exhibition before that at Louisiana Tech that I'm looking forward to as well. But we are just one day removed from LSU's trip to Birmingham for SEC Media Day's. Will Wade, Skyler Mays, Javante Smart, Kent Lowe, myself, Matt Tornquist, Gus Stark all made the trip up there on the plane, got up there, enjoyed the day, got back, and uh, I decided to take all that audio, take everything that I saw, all the things that I saw, all the things that I heard, turn them into the first boot up of the season. So why don't we do that? Uh, I have a few things to talk about today. I want to get all the audio in that I can with Will Wade with... Javante Smart with Skyler Mays, but before I do that, I want to give you a little insight into what it's like behind the scenes at SEC Media Days, because for me, it was my, it was my first trip kind of behind the scenes, usually when I've covered Media Days before I've been there as the media. Uh, yesterday, I was really following the players around, I was behind the scenes kind of getting the, the treatment of, of the team, if you will, and it was really interesting. Uh, first of all, the first thing that stands out to me about Media Days that I didn't realize before was how awkward it can be. Like it can be really awkward at times, especially for the players and the behind the scenes talent. What I mean by that is not necessarily the media. The media shows up, they do their interviews, they get their sound bites, they get their video clips, all that's pretty normal, pretty routine. It's the other stuff that goes on, the photo shoots, the video shoots, it's like a little it's a little weird and a little uncomfortable when you're doing it, but then the final product shows up and it's incredible. So the the way that Media Day is set up is you know, you have the, the main room where the media talks to the coach and they talk to the players on, on kind of on the side. And then behind them is where the the TV shoot is for the SEC Network, which you probably saw Will Wade. You probably heard that clip that I played at the beginning there with Skyler Mays using that uh, that that 10 cent word uh, amalgamate getting his Walter White on and, and showing off his. Chemistry chops, but um, that, that's kind of the setup of the, of the main room. And then there's all these other little kind of stations where you know CBS is there; they're shooting stuff for March Madness that they're not going to use for forever, but it's it's good to have in the can uh, if and when the teams make the tournament. Uh, ESPN and, and the SEC network are there, kind of shooting their things that you'll see coming in and out of commercial breaks during games, right? Like the little behind the scenes stuff. The I think one of the things that Jimmy Dykes was there shooting yesterday was called like the 30-second timeout or, you know, it's, it's those kinds of little segments that have these little catchy names and it's just kind of quick non-basketball stuff that the the players, one of them that Jimmy Dyke said was called Brick or Swish, and he would just ask them, you know, if you like this thing, say Brick. If you don't like this thing, say Swish. And there were some funny things mixed in there and, and then some normal basketball stuff mixed in there. But regardless, as you go through kind of the process, the players are literally going from room to room, and it's, it's kind of uncomfortable because – you're you're being asked these kinds of odd off the wall questions. Um, the players basically have to be like media people. Like they they have to show off their kind of media chops, their their on camera talent. And you know the, the the specific thing that I'm referring to is so that you go to CBS, you do the March Madness thing, and you know they kind of ask you the questions. What's your favorite March Madness memory? Um, who who's the goat all the time in March Madness? That kind of stuff. And then literally at the end, they go all right we're going to do what's called the 20 second drill and just look in the camera and talk for 20 seconds. And I'm sitting over here watching this and I'm like, I, I get paid professionally to talk into a microphone. I don't know if I could stare at a camera for 20 seconds and just talk. Uh, eventually they give the guys some cues like, Hey, talk about what things you like. Talk about your dog. Talk about, your siblings, whatever, um, and and fill 20 seconds. But it takes a couple takes. But I I have to be honest with you, Skyler and Javante were incredible. Like they nailed it on the first take just about every time. And it was funny because when they were in there with Jimmy Dykes, Jimmy was going through his little spiel as he was introducing Skyler, I think, and he kind of stumbled over his words and and had to start over, which happens literally all the time. Like this podcast, I'm going to have to take like four or five takes to get through the whole thing. It happens all the time, but there's a little pressure there when there's people watching and players uh, and that's a professional, Jimmy Dykes, and he kind of laughed. He's like, hey, it's it's me. I'm a professional broadcaster, and I can't get through it in, in one take. But then Skyler and Javante step up there, and they're like one take and out. I mean, it's just incredible how these guys are able to handle it. So it, it was funny to, to kind of see it from behind the scenes. But the other thing that I should say before we talk basketball is top-class operation from the SEC. I mean, I don't have a dog in the hunt. I, I have no reason to say it was good if it wasn't. But just smoothly run. You go from station to station. You're in, you're out. Everything's efficient. They have someone – Giving you acting as a tour guide, getting you from place to place. Uh, they treat you so well. They feed you well. They take care of you. So really top class from the SEC. It was a great event. I thought all the, the SEC network coverage of it was really good. And it's got me pumped up for basketball season in the SEC, which I think is is wide open this year. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show or in, in future episodes. But uh, I'm really excited for basketball season. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and just jump into some of the takeaways from yesterday. And I think the way that I want to approach this is to sort of start big picture and then zoom in uh, into the, the details rather than break it up into the, this is what Will said, this is what Skyler said, this is what Javante said. I'll kind of start from a, a, a zoomed out perspective and then slowly zoom in on the team. We'll, we'll start broadly and then speak specifically. I think the place that I'll start was maybe my favorite soundbite of the day from Will Wade. And, you know, you get up there, you're, you're in front of all these reporters and essentially you have to lay out what your goals for the this, this season are. They, you know, they'll ask about specific players, although yesterday was really more big picture talking. But Will Wade said something that I hadn't thought about coming into this season. I just hadn't put it in perspective this way. He talked about wanting to build a consistent winner at LSU. And this is something he's preached since he first arrived. I remember before I was working for LSU, covering him, I believe it was before his first season, speaking at a game day event somewhere on campus, and he was talking about either the 2021 or 2022 Final Four. I can't remember which one. One of those Final Fours is in New Orleans, and he was talking about how cool it would be to to represent LSU in that Final Four. Well, to get to that point, first you have to get started, which LSU has done, making the NCAA tournament last year, getting to the Sweet 16, setting that sort of foundation. But now you want to build something that's consistent, something that's sustainable. And Will Wade had a really good point yesterday about the fact that LSU – hasn't made back-to-back NCAA tournaments in quite a while. Here he is talking about that and, and wanting to build a consistent winner at LSU.
0: We haven't been to back-to-back NCAA tournaments at LSU in almost 15 years. And so it's been a long time, you know, since we've been consistent. And I think the mark of any good program is being consistent. So we don't want to be a one-hit wonder where we, you know, Win the regular season, then come in tenth and go back to the NIT. Like you want to be something that you stay in that top four or five, give yourself a chance every year, and you continually advance to the NCAA tournament where you give yourself a chance to advance. I think that's the challenge for our program, uh, for our program moving forward.
1: So what he touches on there is expectations, right? And. You know The preseason expectations for LSU, uh, I think the media at Media Days picked LSU to finish third in the conference, which is about where I would have expected the media to pick LSU. Florida and, and Kentucky are kind of the two favorites in the conference. Florida, if you don't know, they they bring back a lot of, of what was a good team last year, but they added a, a transfer from Virginia Tech uh, in Kerry Blackshear, who is is a really good player and is going to make them uh, a really tough team. But LSU, defending champs in the conference, picked six last year, won the thing. This year, picked third. And, you know, you, you're picked to finish third in the SEC. I haven't seen a whole lot of preseason polls in terms of top 25s. But LSU is going to be in that mix. They're going to be probably, you know, anywhere from the, the low teens to the, the high 20s, I would guess. Um, that's the preseason expectation outside of the program. I think inside of the program, and this is kind of one of the, the, the ironies of media days, Everyone wants to talk storylines. And look, I'm on a podcast right now talking storylines. Players and coaches don't really think about storylines. Will Wade may think about it a little bit in preparation for a media day event, but they're so honed in day-to-day on the details of help side defense and boxing out and rotations and learning plays and all this stuff that that we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about as fans that when they're asked to talk about storylines, I think they kind of just – go along with whatever's being asked of them. Uh, but I think inside the program, and, and Will Wade said this yesterday, I don't have the soundbite, but he said inside the program, the expectations are much higher than what they are outside the program. And and if you've if you followed this program at all, if you've read anything that I've written about Will Wade or that anyone's written about Will Wade, he, he has very high standards, and he holds his players to a very, very high standard of excellence every day uh, in what they do in practice and weight room and nutrition. I mean, it was funny – to give you another kind of behind the scenes story from yesterday, we get there, we land, we get to the airport and the uh, we get to the hotel, excuse me. And the first thing that we do is, is they go feed us. And so, you know, they have really good food. There's some chicken, some salmon, salad, uh, pasta, all this really good food. And Javante Smart got the tiniest little plate. And so, Will Wade kind of walks over. He's like, you're going to eat, Javante? He said, oh, i eat before I, I, I left. And it was true. We landed at kind of a weird time. So, he, he probably ate before he left. But then Will Wade starts getting on him about his swipes in the cafeteria and how much he's eating in the cafeteria and if he's getting the right nutrition. And it was just funny that you could tell that there's this kind of running joke between him and Javante and then him and the rest of the players about them getting their swipes and getting their nutrition. He, the point being that he pays attention to all that stuff and the, the expectations inside the program are far greater than they are outside the program and, and inside the program I don't know that they're putting a label on it I don't think they're saying hey let's go in the SEC again although I'm sure that's that's certainly the goal but I don't think it's stated like that I think it's very much day-to-day I think it's very much in fact I know it just from hearing them talk and, and talk about it it's very much let's improve as a team today let's get better today and the results will take care of themselves and that's the approach they took last year and it worked out pretty well so to get back to the sort of big-picture talk, um, Will Wade talked a little bit about how, how different this team is going to look. In some ways, it's going to be a familiar team. You do bring back five of your top eight players from last year. But the three you lose were kind of identity cores to this team, right? You had Tremont Waters, who was sort of the offensive identity of this team. Everything ran through him. Uh, he was the the break glass in case of emergency. As Skyler said at the beginning of the show, he was the head of the snake, he was the the offensive identity of the team. Then you had Cavell Bigby-Williams, who was kind of the defensive identity of the team. He was, you know, I don't need a lot of touches on offense. I'm going to go get 10 points and 10 rebounds every game. I'm going to get offensive rebounds. I'm going to block shots on the other end, protect the rim. I can switch on a guard. Uh, in fact, I, I bumped into an SEC coach yesterday who I talked with for a few minutes. And I'll probably go into this a little bit further when we talk about Javante later but he was mentioning how he voted Cavell to be All-SEC last year. He thought he was one of the 15 best players in the entire conference, and I don't think Cavell even made the All-Defensive team last year, which was a, a huge, a huge, in my opinion, omission uh, in the opinion of a lot of others too. But this coach voted him All-SEC, period, not just Defensive team. That's how good he thought Cavell was, and Cavell was was obviously huge for LSU. And then you had Naz Reed, who was sort of the, the hybrid of – rebounding and scoring, and, and this guy that was just defined the bigness of LSU last year. LSU was so big last year. Every coach talked about it that came to Baton Rouge. Every every coach that faced against LSU talked about how big LSU was because they could put Nas at the four and Cavell at the five and just be bigger than everybody else. Well, this year, it's going to look so much different for LSU. You do bring back that five that played so much for you, and Skylar Mays, Javante Smart, Emmett Williams, Darius Days, Marlon Taylor, five guys who all showed what they could do last year, But you lose three big pieces, and so LSU is going to look very, very different. And the way that I would put it is last year LSU was kind of small at the guard spot and then big at the big spot. I think this year they're going to be really big at the guard spots, but they're going to be smaller at the big spots. And Will Wade talked about that yesterday, sort of the repercussions of that, what that will mean for this team this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be very, very good offensively. Uh, We're going to be tough to guard. We're spreading the court. The new three-point lines helped a little bit with the spacing, you know, and, and we're going to be able to shoot the ball from deep. We're going to have, you know, most of the time, we're going to have five guys out there that can make a three. So when you've got that, you, the court's going to be spread. We've changed our offense a little bit. We're not going to be nearly as ball screen-centric and ball screen-based. We're going to run some more motion and, and, and have, have some more cutters. I think having the floor space will help that. I think the biggest – Issues with our with our lack of height are going to be defensive rebounding and protecting the rim. Now, we've got good athletes. Marlon can help us with rim protection. Emmett can help us with some rim protection. Trendon's been very good uh, blocking shots and shielding at the rim. But I think our biggest issue is going to be defensive rebounding. The difference between us being a, a good team, a team that's an NCAA tournament team, and a team that hangs around the top of the league, and being a team that's great, that has a chance to advance in the NCAA tournament, and a team that – you know, could put ourselves in the conversation to win the league again is going to be our defensive rebounding. Can we just dig out enough rebounds to be, to be effective? And we're never going to be a great rebounding team, but can we just be adequate? If we can just be adequate on the glass. I think we'll have a, a, a very very good season.
1: What's kind of funny about that is if you look at the stats, LSU, as dominant as they were as an offensive rebounding team last year, they were ninth in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. They weren't a great defensive rebounding team. They gave up uh, offensive rebounds to the opponent on 30.8% of their possessions. That was 272nd nationally. So Will Wade's teams have always been historically very good offensive rebounding teams. This team will also be very good offensive rebounding despite the lack of quote-unquote size inside. You bring back Emmitt Williams, whose offensive rebounding numbers were through the roof last year. Same for Darius Days, who will be in an expanded role's uh, both of those guys grabbed over 13% of available offensive rebounds last year. In fact, Emmett was 18th in the country uh, in offensive rebounding percentage at 14.6%. You're, you're going to get a lot of offensive rebounds, but he's right. They're going to have to be good defensive rebounding team, adequate defensive rebounding team, uh, because I think everywhere else they're going to be really, really solid. Um, Will Wade mentioned a couple of newcomers in there. He mentioned Trenton Watford. Most of you know who Trenton is by this point. He's the five-star freshman who comes in. Uh, and Will Way talked about him yesterday, not necessarily filling the shoes of Naz Reed. You talk about a guy leaving in Naz, you talk about a guy coming in in Trenton Wofford. He's going to be a different type of player, but he's going to use the same minutes, have a similar usage as Naz, but he'll be used differently. And, and Will talked about. Um, about Trenton yesterday, quite a bit. In fact, everyone talked about Trenton, so I guess, I guess I'll guess i use this point in the in the show to kind of start the Trenton-Watford conversation um, before we get on to some of the other players, and especially Skyler and Javante, who I really want to focus on here. Um, but both of those guys and, and Will Wade were asked a lot about Trenton. In fact, yesterday when we were eating uh dinner after the the thing we were eating at some restaurant there in Birmingham Trenton is is from Mountain Brook which is basically where we were we were in Mountain Brook uh, at the the hotel and we must have had four or five people stop us and say hey tell Trenton Watford we said hey you know go Tigers we're big fans now because uh, he, he's one of the best players to come out of that area in, in quite a long time I think he's the the all-time leading rebounder in Alabama history is what Will Wade said yesterday so Trendon's huge there, and he's gonna be huge for LSU this year. LSU was asked a bunch about him yesterday. Uh, here's Will Wade talking about Trendon Wofford and what he can do for this team this season.
0: Well, he's gonna play a big role. I mean, he's a talented, talented player. He's somebody that's just so good with the ball in his hands. I mean, Trendon, he's a special talent when he has the, when he has the ball in his hands. He's also, you know, one thing that's gonna be big for us. He's a big, he's a very good rebounder. He's, I think he's the leading rebounder in the state state of Alabama's history. And that's something that he's been able to bring to us. We're going to need some help rebounding. We're just not as big. We're going to have to be scrappy and, 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 and tough. And Trendon's going to help us rebound. And when he gets the rebound, he can re- he can start the break and gets us going in transition and gets us moving. And so... He's a tremendous, tremendous talent. He's somebody that's going to be a huge help for us. When we went to Spain, we went to Spain for 10 days in in uh, in August. He was our leading scorer in Spain, 18 points a game in Spain. So, he's somebody who's special. We're going to look for him to take over really the the not the role that Nas played, but basically the you know the minutes that Nas played and the usage rate that Nas played. And I think I think Trendon's somebody that can do at least what Nas did and and, and and hopefully some more if we're gonna if we're gonna reach our potential as a team. But he's a tremendous, tremendous player. He's a great, great person. He's learned very, very quickly. He's he's getting confident and knows what he needs to do to play at a high level in college basketball. And I'm excited about how good he's gonna be this season for us.
1: I've only seen a practice or two from LSU so far um, but what I've seen from Trent Watford is a guy that's really good with the ball in his hands. He he can put it on the floor. He can play make for you. He makes good decisions with the basketball. He can pass. He can score in a, in a bunch of ways. He can get to the rim. He, he moves like a guard. I mean, he really does. He's 6'8". He's you know, 230. He really does move like a guard. He's got great feet. He can guard a number of positions. He's just really versatile. And so I think he's a guy that gives you a ton of versatility, uh, switchability on defense. He can give you some rim protection and rebounding. And he can step out and knock down some shots. I've seen him step out and, and knock some threes down as well. So I don't know if he'll be... Uh, an elite three-point shooter. We'll see if that part of his game continues to develop, but he's shooting it pretty well from, from what I've seen. Uh, but the better guys to hear from on Trendon are Javante Smart and Skyler Mays. Both of those guys were asked about Trendon yesterday quite a bit. Uh, here's a couple of sound bites first from Skyler, then from Javante on Trendon Watford.
0: He's awesome. Uh, you know, he's going to have his, he's going to have his bumps in the road like every other freshman does, but I don't think, I don't expect him to have that many. He's got such a mature game and, uh, out in Spain, he looked like a senior out there, so you know, we got high expectations for him. Um, to say he's like a big, he, his playmaking ability is, you know, it's like a point guard. You know, he can, he got a lot high IQ. You know, he does things that you know, you don't think he should be doing. You know, he shoot the ball very well. You know, he finds his teammates. You know, that's what I like about him. And also, he can defend, and he, he's going to play a big role for us this year.
1: Another newcomer, LSU is really high on is Charles Manning Jr., the junior college transfer who comes in. And I think he's a guy that steps right into the rotation. And we'll talk about the rotation a little bit later in the show. But he's a guy that Will Wade's really high on. He's praised him ever since the Spain trip, when I think the the big takeaway after the Spain trip was just how much Charles Manning Jr. is going to help this team. Will Wade called him the best JUCO player in the country a season ago. Kind of a, a hidden gem for this team Really showed what he could do in Spain in terms of being in the right place at the right time, being a lockdown defender. Skyler Mays kind of was was telling a few people yesterday, he thinks Charles Manning could be an SEC Defensive Player of the Year contender. A guy that can guard one through four, really, and, and be disruptive on the defensive end. And then I've seen him offensively. He, he can score. I mean, he can make shots. He can create around the rim. He's going to be a really solid addition. To this LSU team uh, on the television broadcast on the SEC network where we talked a little bit about Trenton Watford and Charles Manning, two guys who step in and, and try to offset the, the losses of a Cavell Bigby Williams of a Tremont Waters uh, and of a Nas Reed, even though they're not all similar players. And in fact, they're all quite different. You can make a starting five of those five. Um, these are two guys who are gonna have to come in and, and step into the rotation
0: uh, and, and help offset those losses. Our freshman Trendon Wadford, he was—he was our leading scorer. He's from right here, in local his, his product. Doubt, doubt. School, went to high school about two miles from here. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he, he averaged 18 a game for us in Spain. He was—he was our leading scorer. He, he played extremely, extremely well. And then we've got a junior college kid, Charles Manning, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, one of our uh, one of our leading scores as well. Averaged double figures, but he's one of those guys that just really affects winning. He can defend. He makes open threes. He can slash. Um, he's one of those guys that we put him on the other team's best player, and, and I feel like we've got a pretty good chance of shutting him down. Wow! So very, very excited about those about those newcomers. You know, Watford's very, very talented offensively. When the ball's in his hand, he is he is talented, and uh, and then certainly uh, when you got somebody like Charles who can shut the other team other team's best player down, you feel good about that. So
1: while we're talking about newcomers, a guy that didn't really come up yesterday,
0: and, and look, it's kind of subject to what reporters
1: ask. Um, Was James Bishop, who's a true freshman, who's going to come in and I think step right into the backcourt rotation, a guy that can play the point guard, who can play the two guard, a hard worker. If you listen to the last episode of this podcast, Skyler Mays, and I'm paraphrasing here, said that there's liking basketball, there's loving basketball, and then there's James Bishop. He's a guy that's a gym rat and is a really hard worker, a guy that's going to score a lot of points for LSU in his career here. Um, I think he's going to step in and, and give an immediate. Uh, impact into the backcourt, uh, help offset the loss of Tremont Waters. But essentially what's going to happen is is Javante Smart takes over full-time at the point guard, and Skyler Mays is right there to help him. And and then Bishop is kind of in the mix there as well. as uh, a guy that can play either guard spot. Um, but then you've got Trina Watford, who kind of steps in for Nas Reed. And, and really the biggest shoes to fill at that point are Cavell Bigby-Williams. And Look, I don't think you can replace a Cavell, Big B, Williams, uh, as I mentioned in the show. But you're going to have guys like Emmett Williams have to take a bigger role. And I've heard really, really good things about Emmett Williams. you had a, a great trip overseas in Spain. I think he had like 29 points in their first game. Hit a bunch of threes. He's stepping out and shooting threes this year. I think Darius Days takes a leap forward. And then obviously you got Trent Watford there uh, as well. That's sort of going to be how you do it. Everyone, you don't necessarily replace like for like. Everyone just kind of steps. Into a new role. And I do want to talk about Skyler and Javante specifically toward the end of the show. But while we're here and we're talking about some of the other players as well, I want to play this soundbite from Will Wade on his kind of philosophy on rotation and developing a rotation. And the number that he really likes is the number eight. He really likes an eight man rotation. When he first got to LSU, I remember he had a, a coaching clinic um, very, very early in his career here. It might have been like May, and he, and he was hired, I think, in April. And he talked about rotation, and he said that he always liked either 8 or 9. And you could see that this year. I think you could see as, as many as 9 guys playing. But he really likes the number 8. And here he is talking about that rotation. After he talks about it, I, I want to kind of give my thoughts on what the rotation could look like for LSU this year.
0: I like the way it worked. I liked having 8 guys. You know, we had a ninth guy that would mix in there when we got in some foul trouble. I like 8. We can play 8 comfortably. 8 guys feel like they get uh, good minutes. 8 guys feel very comfortable with their minutes. We don't have a lot of... Uh, we don't have you know, a lot of guys upset with their minutes, what win, lose, or draw uh, when we play eight. And it allows us to get into a good rotation. I thought we had a good rotation, good good feel with the team last year, and I think we'll be able to do the same this year with the guys we got.
1: So I'll take a, a crack at what I think LSU's eight-man rotation could look like, throw a ninth guy in there, a tenth guy in there, because Will Wade won't settle early. I mean, he's not a guy you, – you know this if you've watched this team the last two years – He's not a guy that picks something and, and just sticks with it with with stubbornness. He's going to experiment. He's going to move pieces around, try to get the best out of his guys. Um, but I think the way that it starts, and, and it's funny, I can't remember who asked this and, and who it was asked to. I think it may have been Javante, it, either Javante, it was either Javante or Skyler. It was one of the players. And someone asked, what's the starting five going to be? And I'm pretty sure it was Skyler. And he was like, I, you know, I, I really can't tell this early. And I kind of stepped in. I was like, look, I don't think they're can determine a starting five at this point because you've got eight or nine guys who could be starters for you at some point this season. Um, All of those guys are going to be in the mix for competition. You saw it last year when Tremont Waters came off the bench for a little while. You saw it with Javante Smart coming off the bench. You saw it with a number of guys kind of going in and out of the the starting lineup. Will Wade's not afraid to to tinker with it, but I do think he'll have – a solid eight or nine guys that he wants to start the season with in terms of of the core rotation, and then the other guys will be worked in and develop and compete for those spots. Um, here's my my guess at, at it, and I haven't talked to Will Wade about this, I haven't talked to anybody on the staff at this. It's just kind of my 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 opinion, so take that for what little it's worth. Obviously, I think you bring in the guards. You, you start with Skyler and Javante; they're your two guards, and then I think. James Bishop is the third guard. If you look at the, the one and two spot, I think that's your your rotation right there. And I think it's pretty straightforward. I think Javante and Skyler, I'd be shocked if they didn't start every game this season and play you know 32 to 36 minutes a game, maybe more. Sometimes they've shown they can do it. They're both durable players. And this team is the, the, the identity of this team is going to be built around them. And I'll finish the show talking about that. But James Bishop's going to come in and give you uh, some offense off the bench. I think he's going to be huge for LSU this year. I think you look at the three spot, and and these guys could play two or three depending on how big Will Wade wants to go, but I think you're looking at Charles Manning and and Marlon Taylor. and Both of those guys could play two through four. They're really threes. They're wings, but if you want to go small, they could play the four. Marlon did that last year with some success. And, uh, and and they could play the two. If you wanted to go really big, you could play them together with with a point guard and go really big. But I think that's that's your two kind of wing players, swing players. Uh, Darius Days could play there a little bit, but I would guess, and again, guess being the operative word, that he'll be more of a four man this year. But while we're talking about Darius Days, let's go ahead and get to the four men. So I've mentioned Skyler, Javante, uh, Charles Manning, and Marlon Taylor. That's five names right there. I think then you're going to see Emmett Williams, Darius Days and Trinan Wofford. And I think they're going to be your your core rotation of big men. And they'll hold down the four spot and the five spot. Emma Williams has added some weight. Um, Trinan Wofford is big enough to play the five. He's more of a four man, but it's going to be kind of a positionless team. Uh, I really do. They're going to play a five man out motion uh, type of style that Will Wade mentioned earlier. It's kind of my preferential style of basketball. I love that style of basketball. Um, kind of Warriors, Rockets-esque. I think it'll be fun to watch. Less ball screen reliant, more motion reliant, um, not to compare motion to the, what the Rockets run on offense, but um, it, it will be kind of more of a, a free-flowing game, less ball screen. There still will be a lot of ball screens. Javante and Skyler are both excellent in the ball screen, but it's going to be less reliant on that than it was last season. So I think that's probably your core eight right there, And then, you know, you still got Marshall Graves on the bench who can come in and and knock down threes for you. I think he's going to be a huge part of this team this year. Um, So I would certainly move him into that conversation. He's going to get a chance at the two guard to come in and knock down big shots for LSU. And then I'll be interested to see what happens with some of the other guys like Andre Hyatt and Cortez Cooper, guys who redshirted last year, uh, who will get minutes this year who haven't proven themselves at this level yet. We just haven't seen them on the floor yet, but obviously we're brought to LSU because of their skill sets and their abilities. Hyatt's a bigger forward um, who can knock down some shots from outside. He can kind of play the three spot for you. Um, Is real, real solid, real sturdy. And then Cortez Cooper is is kind of this athletic uh, wild card at big who can run the floor, who can protect the rim a little bit, who can uh, finish. He has some touch. He has some finesse. Uh, and then the last guy that that I, I honestly I just haven't seen him so I can't say much about him is Deshaun Thomas who is the newcomer on the inside late addition to the class traveled to Spain didn't play but going to be a big body a rebounder a, a floor runner a guy that can give LSU some size in there so. I can't say much about him because I haven't seen him and I haven't heard Will Wade talk about him a whole lot but um, he's certainly gonna be in the mix and, and give LSU some competition inside so that's that's my crack at what the rotational look like and uh, who will be in the mix of course you've got the two walk-ons I have a soft spot for walk-ons being a former walk-on myself Parker Edwards who we talked about before in the show came from uh, Southeastern after lighting up LSU last year and in about seven minutes scoring 25 points he's He's, uh, he's shooting the ball well for LSU in practice. Uh, and then also LSU added another walk-on in Caleb Starks, who uh, Skyler, I think on a previous edition of this show, said was maybe the most athletic guy on the team outside of Marlin. Um, so g- good, strong roster for this team this year. It's going to be different. They're going to be smaller uh, inside but bigger on the perimeter, and I think it's going to give them some versatility defensively and really, really some versatility and, and some – Some danger on offense, so uh, that that's sort of my crack at the rotation. Take it for what it's worth. I want to end the show, however, by talking about the two guys that were there yesterday and Javante and Skyler, and identity and the identity of this team. And when you're kind of feeling out this team early in the season, I kind of go back to this: the team is always a reflection of its best players. So last year, you know LSU really was a reflection of Tremont Waters. They were so dangerous at times. They were so explosive. On offense, they were unpredictable. They were fast. They were quick. Um, they were high pressure on defense. They forced a lot of turnovers. They were at times a little reckless on offense and a little turnover prone. Uh, they could give up a big lead and and let a team back in it because they were giving the ball away. But they could get back in it real quick and overcome a big deficit because they were so explosive. When you look at this year's team, and I can't help but go back to the Tennessee game where Tremont didn't play, and I know Cavell, Bigby Williams, played in that game, but Tremont didn't play, and Nas, I think, only scored a point. He had eight or nine rebounds and was huge on the boards, and defensively had a very good game, but only scored a point, and then Tremont didn't score a point. So to me, that's the best comparison for what this year's team will be, and, and then you add in the the new guys and the development and all that stuff, but that game, when I think back to that Tennessee game that Tremont didn't play, that LSU won eighty two eighty 80 in overtime, and Javante and Skyler just took over. I think Javante had 29. Skyler was 23, 24 points. I don't remember off the top of my head. But those two guys took the game over, and it was a different LSU team that day. They weren't quite as fast and frenetic. Uh, they weren't quite as explosive as they were when, when Tremont would play, but they were just so solid. They didn't turn it over. Uh, they defended with with size and, and aggression and, and strength. They were solid and consistent. And when I think of Javante and Skyler, I think of solid, consistent players. And they're such good compliments to each other, too. That's the other thing. And Skylar, you have this veteran guy who's so steady. He's unflappable. Um, he, he's just even-keeled all the time. And it's, it's funny. You, you think back to that Tennessee game. It was one of the games where he showed a ton of emotion. And it's one of the cases where you know if Skyler's fired up, everybody's fired up because he, he doesn't let much get to his head and he doesn't get overexcited about too, too much. He's the kind that'll that'll dunk on you and kind of grin and run the other way. Um, but when he's fired up, you know the whole team is fired up. That's what I think about with that Tennessee game. But he's so even-keeled. And then you have Javante. He, you know, Skyler's ice, right? And then Javante's fire. I, I love the way Javante competes on the floor. I remember calling my dad after a game last year. I don't remember what it was. It was early in the season. And I had seen Javante in high school, but I was waiting to see it in college. And, and it was early in the season after you know the second or third game. And I called my dad after a game, and I said, Dad, you need to get to the PMAC, and you need to watch Javante Smart compete. You don't need to watch him handle the ball, shoot. You don't need to watch him finish at the rim. You don't need to watch him run an offense. You need to just come watch him compete because he's the most competitive player I've ever seen. And that was huge for LSU last year. The Missouri game, he was jawing the whole time, talking trash, and not in a a way that I think affects him negatively. He's a guy that gets fired up by that. It fuels him. Um, He's the fire of this team. And and when you've got fire and ice in your backcourt, the Bayou backcourt is is what they're calling him this year. I think that's the identity of this team. I think it starts with those two guys. I think you're going to need huge contributions out of a number of other players, the players we've talked about already. We'll talk more in the future about Darius stays who I love. If you've listened to me, you know I love Darius stays game, and and I'm huge on his ceiling. Uh, same for Emmett Williams. He's he certainly got some fire to him as well. But the core of this team, the identity of this team, are going to be Skyler and Javante. So I want to end the show with Will Wade talking about those two guys. Uh, I always joke, if you want to get Will Wade in a good mood, ask him about Skylar Mays. Uh, if you want to get Will Wade in a bad mood, ask him about Skyler Mays being a senior and this being his last season. Uh, but Will was asked about Skyler yesterday, and of course he had nothing but, but glowing things to say.
0: Well, Skyler's, uh, you know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's the heart and soul of our team. He's the heart and soul of our program. First off, there's not a better person in, in college basketball and, and, and in college period. He just, he does everything right. You root for him. Uh, we're very lucky he came back. You know, he, he could have left and, and had some, some major NBA interests. But he's, a, he's, a, he's the leader of our team. He's not a real vocal guy. He's not going to be a you rah-rah know, and just and just have everybody foaming at the mouth to go. But he, he leads by example. I always tell our guys, the number one, uh, you know, the first quality in leadership is you've got to take care of your own business. And in order for the guys to respect you, you got to be able you know, you can't tell somebody to do something you're not doing every day. And so he's by far our hardest worker. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever coached. To the point where sometimes you have to kick him out of the gym and tell him, "Hey, let's let's chill out a little bit. You're doing too much. You know, you, you know you did lead the SEC in minutes played last year. We're going to play you a lot again this year. So let's calm down so your body's ready to go for the season. But he's a you know he, he's the heart and soul of our team. Uh, he's going to shoot it a lot better this year. He's going to shoot it I think 40 plus percent uh, from three. He's going to continue to drive it, continue to get fouled. And so our guys really look up to him. I don't think there's anybody in our program from our players, to our trainer, you know, whoever it may be. I don't think there's anybody that he doesn't just command unbelievable respect from. And so um, I'm going to cry when he leaves after this year. I don't know if I'll ever coach anybody uh, like him again, but I'm going to try to not focus on that and enjoy, you know, being able to coach him here for one more year and enjoy what he does for us.
1: Will Wade touched on Skyler May's NBA interest. If you remember, Skylar declared for the draft last year, went through the process, came back, ultimately... I'll tell you this. I I don't know that Skyler was close to leaving. I think his, his plan was probably always to come back, but you'd have to talk to him about that. I'll say this. There was definitely NBA interest in Skyler Mays, and this goes back to before he ever declared I talked to an NBA scout before I worked at LSU um, that I had bumped into at a game, and he was just asking me. He knew that I covered the team um, and was just asking me my opinion about some of the players, and I was kind of talking to him. And he said, you know who might be the best pro out of this bunch? And this was a couple years ago. Um, This was, I think, Will's first season because I was was still uh, not working at LSU. He said, uh, Skylar Mays is going to be a pro. I mean, that that guy's got size. He's got vertical speed. He's got vertical leaping ability. He can handle it. He can shoot it. He's going to be a pro. And this was an NBA GM. This was a guy who is in charge of a front office. He was very high on Skyler Mays. I'm sure when Skylar declared this year that there was, uh, teams with a lot of interest, just, you know, based on what Will said there, it sounds like there certainly was, um, Let's go ahead and, and get to Will Wade talking about Javante Smart as well. Um, and I think the gist of this conversation is, is Javante sliding over to the point um, where he played off the ball a lot last year. He did play the point um, when Tremont was off the floor, did it pretty well. A different type of point guard from Tremont Waters, like we've talked about on the show. But a guy that brings so much to the table, and I go back to what I was talking about earlier when I bumped into one of the coaches in the SEC yesterday outside of I think it was the CBS room, and we were just talking about the guys. And there was a picture of Javante on the wall as part of the media day setup, and he said, "That kid right there, that kid's a player. You know, he's a point guard. You know, he he played off the ball last year, but uh, having watched him in high school, he's a point guard, and he is going to be a problem at point guard this year in the SEC. He can create, he can shoot, he's crafty, he gets to the line." Uh, this SEC coach had a lot of respect for Javante Smart's ability to play point guard. He was trying to figure out what he was going to do matchup-wise because he's a matchup problem at point guard. He's so big, and LSU's going to be big at the guard spots, one through three. Uh, it's going to be tough for other teams to match up to LSU's size on the perimeter. And Javante drives that. He's going to be – I think he's he's poised for a breakout season. Uh, he's, he's He's got all the point guard skills. He's got the scoring guard skills. He can do it all. And I think Will Wade's excited about him moving over to point guard this season.
0: Yeah, I tell people all the time, they say, you know, when Tremont was out a couple games, he played really well. Obviously, the Tennessee game, Javante played really well. He played really well against Texas A&M as well. Right after that, I tell everybody it may not, it's gonna look a little bit different, but it's gonna be just as effective. It may not be as aesthetically pleasing with all the lobs and some of the behind the back, you know, all, all, all that sort of stuff that Tremont was just so special at. But Javante's gonna get the job done. He's gonna get the job done at a, at a high, high level. What I like about Javante, he's big, he's physical, he can get in the paint. He draws a lot of fouls. You know, his foul rate last year for the minutes he played was very good. I think he can draw a lot of fouls on the other team's guards, just how he puts his head down and, and, and drives it in there. And so he's somebody that's grown a lot in the offseason. He's another guy that's a, a quiet leader. Our guys look to him for leadership. I love his spirit on the court. He, he gives us a, a tenacity on the court, especially with the guards. That is uh, that, that that is tough to get sometimes, and so um, you know I think with with, with Javante and Skylar in the backcourt, we certainly have uh, one of if not the best backcourts in the league, and so we're we're excited about both of those guys playing together all season.
1: I'm excited about it too. I can't wait to see those guys back in action together with some of the new faces that we've talked about. It's going to be a fun season. It's going to be a different team. They're going to play up tempo. Not that they played slowly last year, but they're going to really kick it into high gear this year. They're going to run a motion style offense. Uh, A lot of people are going to score and defensively, I think they're going to bring a lot of pressure and and a lot of size on the perimeter. And uh, like Will Wade said, if they can figure out a way to get some defensive rebounds and get some stops, they're going to be a really good basketball team. So really excited about this season, really excited about bringing back the podcast, really excited to be back uh, booting it up every week, uh, if you will, and uh, really excited about what the future holds. So thanks for listening today. We'll be back as soon as possible. Um, as most of you know, I do a football podcast as well. I'm still writing stories for lsusports.net. Got a lot on my plate uh, as football and basketball are starting to overlap. But that's exciting because uh, that means my two favorite seasons are here. And baseball is just around the corner too as fall baseball is underway and all the other sports going on here at LSU. We stay busy, but uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, really excited about this basketball season coming up. Thanks for listening today. If you haven't already, please give us a subscription. Uh, Rate us, review us, share us with your friends. Uh, If you're into football and you haven't heard of Hey Fighting Podcast, go check that one out. And uh, don't forget, 22 days until the start of the 2019-2020 LSU basketball season. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do it. can't wait to be back with more episodes of Boot Up. And until then, we'll talk next time.